welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Thank you for downloading this episode. I would love for you to give me five stars on Apple Podcasts and please write a review. Why? Because it helps with the algorithm and is so crucial for others to find this podcast. Thank you so much. This is season two, episode 15, Cyclical Living with Samantha Nagel. Samantha is a certified integrative nutrition, holistic health coach, intersectional feminist, host of the podcast, which I love so much, empowered spirituality, animal lover, and a work in progress. She loves to chat about cyclical living, nature, the mind-body-soul connection, and how cute her dog is to anyone who will listen. And her dog is extra cute because her dog looks like my dog. So (laughs) welcome, Sam. Hi, thank you. I love that you included the dog bit too. (laughs) That's the most important thing. That is the (laughs) most important thing. I just had my dog groomer over here and I was saying how I'm having a hard time finding a dog sitter and I'm now mentally prepared to not take a vacation for eight years because I can't (laughs) leave these dogs alone. So, you know, our dogs are our babies and I know a lot of my listeners think the same thing. So yes, (laughs) I'm so excited for you to be here. I was on your podcast which is coming out in April, I believe. Yes. Okay. Or end of March. Or end of, oh, soon. So that's remember. exciting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Awesome. I'm, I was an important guest, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes. <laughs> so this is a timely episode to discuss solar and lunar cycles because the spring equinox or the pagan holiday of Ostara is happening in the Northern Hemisphere on Sunday, March 20th, 2022. So it's happening in five days. So good timing, yeah. Sam. Awesome. As a health coach, you are extremely connected to the body, obviously what we just said, mind, body, soul. But what I appreciate about you especially is that you really live your life according to the solar and lunar cycles or the sun and the moon cycles. Sam, this is a secret. It's a secret goal of mine, Uh, but (laughs) I haven't gotten there yet. So please share with us the importance, especially in this day and age, especially in getting out of a pandemic, right? Because we're finally exiting Mm. the pandemic. I'm going to announce it today. We're exiting the pandemic (laughs) of why it's so healing and actually easier on ourselves to incorporate Mm. cyclical healing into our lives. Wow. I I love that. And I love that that's a not so secret goal anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I put it out there. Yes. Um, And I think one thing you said really struck me too, which is that it is easier to live our lives that way. I think a lot of people I work with, they think it's going to be harder to live cyclically and it does take effort to start that journey, but it is actually easier on our bodies and our nervous system as well when we can live cyclically. Effort is a good thing. I always say when people talk about relationships and marriage, they're like, oh, I have to put in work. No, you put in effort. If you like your spouse yeah. or your partner, whoever it is, put in effort. So I like that you use the word effort. Continue. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. I love that. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that we're cyclical beings, but we're not treated or especially in our Western world, we don't really, we're not expected to go through the world as cyclical beings. Uh, we're kind of taught or expected to go as as if we're always in our inner summer or always at our fullest energy all the time. And then when we do that, we burn out. Probably everyone has experienced some sort of amount of burnout, if not multiple times of burnout. And I think cyclical living can really help bring us back to a more rested, restorative place. 
So, okay. So how do you start to live cyclically? Can you actually give us, you know, some of your rituals, your practices or what you do? There's a lot of different ways you can approach it, which is what is so exciting. You can approach it with the moon, which is about 28 days or so long. And it goes through the period of growing up until the full moon and then shrinking back down into the new moon again or the dark moon. But you can also follow the solar cycles. Um, So, you know, the sun rises, reaches its peak and then sets again and is dark for a while. You can do it with the seasons. Like you said, we're almost in spring or Ostara. So you can follow that. You can also follow your menstrual cycle, which is really similar to the moon cycle if you have one. And you can also do all these things all at once. You don't have to pick one. But what's really interesting is, like like I said, women or people who have their periods tend to follow the moon cycle. It doesn't mean that their days are always aligned, but the cycles look very similar. And then people who are assigned male at birth tend to cycle with the sun and have 24-hour Uh, cycles. So that might be in closer alignment, but you can really do both or all three. See, you had told me that and I had never heard that men cycle with the sun. And I had said to you, I'd written to you and I had said, listen, we've got to make this for men and women, this episode, because I have both male and female listeners. So it can't, as much as I love to talk about my period, it can't be, it can't be all about my period. So I appreciate you saying that in your beautiful podcast entitled empowered spirituality, You guys, you hear her voice right now, right? You hear Sam's voice. It's such a healing, soothing podcast, especially with your relaxing voice in meditations. And I'll put the link in the show notes, of course. You discuss how you were able to journal your way back to regulating your menstrual cycle, which I found so fascinating. It was probably the first episode I ever listened to. And I thought it was so cool. Yeah. We have both male and female listeners, as I said. If they wanted to regulate their hormonal cycles, how can they do it with journaling or other practices? Yeah. I think journaling is is a great one to start with. And I found with a lot of my clients as well that the path to regulation, and for mine as well, is just awareness. And you'd be surprised with just what awareness will do for regulation you can find awareness of where you're at or kind of what's going on with any practice, but journaling is kind of the easiest. The simplest thing you can do is just write what day, well, if if you're menstruating or have a menstrual cycle, what day of your cycle you're on. So that could be anywhere from one day to 21 to 31 days or so. And a couple of words to describe how you're feeling. And then if you're doing that with the seasons, you could do the same thing that you're at the end of winter or the very beginning of spring or halfway through spring and how you're feeling. And then if you're doing time of the day, you can also, you know, it's noon and I feel energetic or it's 4 p.m. and I'm getting tired. And that can give us a lot of information. So that's how I would start with journaling. This is so... How would I say it? Uh, synchronicity that you're you're talking about this because for two reasons, the episode that I already recorded before that's going to drop a week before yours, I talk about awareness, and then oh, wow. yeah, I talk about awareness a lot, and and it really is half the battle, right? Yeah. It really is half the battle being aware, and then I'm also writing a book about my autoimmune disorder because I did a lot of research, and when I was really sick, I couldn't find a lot of information. 
Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know, then you put the information out there if you can't find the information. Yeah. For the book, I had to go back to and resource how I was feeling, right? I had to I had to remember, put all those memories together because I'm not a big journaler. I did keep on my phone in the notes section something called a gut diary. And I noted everything. I noted how I was feeling. I noted what my digestion was that day. I'm trying to say it politely here. <laughs> my digestion was that day. When you look at it from a perspective of stepping back, because it's been a year or so, you can see all the connecting parts that I couldn't see before. And I could see exactly what you're saying, Sam, that the emotions fit in so much to how I was feeling that day, how I was feeling the next day, and what I would grab for in regard to food. And I, you know, I knew I wasn't great with sugar. But I was like, whoa, this is out of control. Like when you read back and you're like, no, I'm not doing that bad with sugar. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm reading this back all at once. (laughs) So I just want to say, even if you're not someone who's all about journaling, just do it, you know, notes on your phone. Yeah. And that really helps. And don't delete it. And that's also Mm. my recommendation if you want to write a book later, whatever it is, don't delete it. Because what I did was I took it off my notes and I emailed it to myself. So I had the email. I actually started with my notes as well, which is really cool. So I did it all in one notes tab of all these different cycles. And I found that there were certain days where I was always energized. I found that there were certain days where I was always sad, (laughs) where I was always crying. And that helped me go like, oh, okay. So around day 19, maybe I shouldn't see as many people or if I'm going to cry or if I start crying on day 19, I can be more compassionate with myself. And I think that's the next key part of cycle awareness, whether you're doing menstrual or solar or lunar, is just being compassionate with yourself. You can't always plan around that. Like I still have to go to meetings sometimes on my day 19 and I still have to do things that I maybe don't want to do, but I can have compassion for myself of, okay, this is hard for me and I have to do it anyway, but I'm holding myself in so much compassion. And I can also schedule in self-care time or I can maybe not plan social things to kind of make those required things a little bit easier. And I think planning is is a really key part of it as well. Yeah. I, I, was, I love that you brought in compassion and planning too. I was just going to say, yeah. that's what that journal helped with me is predicting. Oh, cool patterns, right? Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm having a fight with, you know, at the time it was my boyfriend. Well, he doesn't exist anymore. Now I'm married to someone different, but at the time I'm having a fight with him and yeah, I reach for the pistachio ice cream or I do this or I do that. And it sounds so simple, but when you look at it yeah. all in one text, then you realize, oh my God, I keep doing this over and over and over and over. And then with compassion, I'm trying to learn with this, you know, new diagnosis of this autoimmune disorder that I need to stop saying, I say things to myself, like it's my fault. You know what? I slipped up. I didn't eat as well as I could have for the past two weeks, which is why, which is what happened actually is happening now. I haven't eaten as well as I should have. I repeat to myself, I did it to myself. I've got to stop with Mm. this shit. You know what I mean? I got to put an end to it. Can you recommend 
anything else I could say instead of, you know, and, and for my listeners, instead of blaming ourselves constantly, because we are humans. Yes. Oh my gosh. I thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that's such a relatable thing that you just said. And I have an example with my period, uh, which is that I recently went out of town. I visited my mom. Her dietary needs requires a lot of butter <laughs> and like creams. I lo- I'm, I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with your mom's diet because that's kind of my diet. So go ahead. <laughs> Yes, it's not my diet, but I am. <laughs> um, but that meant eating a lot of foods that weren't like a good match for my body. Um, and so when I got back, I felt it in my body, and then my period was really irregular. And I first thought, like, oh, this is my fault. This is because I did this. And then I was able to shift to, okay, well, this probably is caused by what I ate or what I did or didn't do. And of course I didn't do those things. Or of course I overate sugar because it was the holidays or whatever that looks like for you. But I think giving yourself that, oh, of course I did that can be so helpful. And then just saying, well, I can't undo it. I can't go back in time and uneat those things or not do what I did. And this is just exciting because now I have further proof that it really is true. Or uh, eating this much sugar really does cause my body to hurt or not function the way I'd like it to. This is exciting data. And now I know that for the future. Okay. I'm going to steal that. I <laughs> I really connected with when you said, of course. Yeah. For those words were really powerful. If I can switch that instead of me saying, I did this to myself. Well, mm-hmm. of course. You know, I'm excited. I'm able to eat a lot of new fun things again. Yeah. So of course it's fun. Who who wouldn't want to eat the ice cream? <laughs> yeah. You know, who wouldn't want to do that? I want to switch that mindset. I'm going to use that for the next week, Sam. And I'm going to report back to you. I really am. I'm going to yeah. email you and see how that works with me saying, of course. Yeah. I, I'm, I like that. Okay. That's a really good one. So thank oh, you. I'm- I'm so excited. You've also discussed your continual study of the divine goddesses. I know you have an affinity for the forest goddess Artemis. And I love that you said this because she reminds you of your grandmother. I have a huge affinity towards my grandmother. Is your grandmother still living or? No, no, I never met her. What was her name? Her name was Sandy. Sandy, I like that name. Okay. Yeah. See, we're going to have really fucked up audio because <laughs> if if we connect to Sandy and then we connect to my grandmother, then it's going to be like <laughs> all crazy audio. So I'm just going to, I'm going to let that one go. But do you incorporate the goddesses into any solar or lunar rituals? And what are your solar and lunar rituals besides the the menstrual cycle, which I'm sure you do in regard to lunar? What else do you do? I have a little side note, which is that I just received part of her art. She had many tarot decks and I already have one, but I just got a new tarot deck that was my grandmother's and I just did a card reading for my birthday. So it was, it was really special. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. When was your birthday? It was yesterday, which is three <gasps> one. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Happy birthday. How old Thank are you now? You. 24. Oh my God. 24. You, I'm 20 years older than you. Wow. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, happy birthday. Thank and you. And that's amazing. How did you get the deck? 
My mom actually had them. So it it, wow. it isn't her mom. It's my dad's mom. But her and my grandma were really close. Do you come from a metaphysical family? <sighs> kind of, but also no. I kind of found that path on my own. But then once I started connecting to Sandy through my dad, I learned that she read runes and read tarot cards. And then I also found out that all my ancestors are pagan pretty much. So I thought that was really cool. That's so you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I listen to your podcast. I feel like I know you. So no, like, you yeah. can't make that up. That's an amazing birthday gift. So yeah. do you include the divine goddesses in your spiritual practices? And, and what do those practices look like? Even just a couple in regard to living cyclically? Yeah. I was thinking about this when I saw your question. I don't incorporate goddesses or goddess ritual maybe as much as I'd like to, but I've been reading Reclaim the Goddess by Saima Karal. And she has a lot of really, she has 12 uh, or 13. Um, I think it's 13 because it's one past the year. Different rituals you can do with different goddesses. And so um, I did one with Pele, who's the goddess of anger. And I did like an angry song and I, I move my body in angry ways to kind of release that angry energy. And I think from what I've learned, that's common with the divine feminine, which is to let all of your emotions run through. And then I pull a goddess tarot or like oracle card a lot. And then I just kind of learn about them that way. But I haven't found a way to really incorporate them any deeper. So then what do you do in regard to your practices in regard to cyclical living? I have this like very lucky thing, which is that my period and the moon are aligned. So today's the new moon when we're recording and I just started my period. So I want to keep that going. (laughs) That's so cool. I know, but now I'm a little obsessed with it. I'm like, come on, you got to (laughs) start. That's funny. (laughs) So I kind of use those together with the sun or the lunar in my menstrual cycle. Uh, With the full moon, I typically do a gathering where I live in New Mexico. um, There's a meetup group and we gather on the full moon. And if I can't do that, I might meet with some friends or do like a little manifesting ritual where I set intentions on the new moon and release on the full moon and then just kind of check in as the moon wanes. I don't have any solar rituals necessarily, but well, actually, no, I I could tell you about it. And this kind of goes into what the solar cycle is as well. And I got this from Ayurveda before I learned that it was, it mimicked males' hormones. But from about 6 to 10 a.m., that's when you should be slowly rising. So I try and make my mornings really slow, not do any meetings. I mean, sometimes I can't help it, but not do as many meetings until 10 a.m., not have any plans until 10 a.m. And then from 10 to 2, I try and schedule more meetings. I try and have higher energy. Maybe I'm going outside more and eating the biggest meal of the day. And then from 2 to 6 p.m., starting to wind down again, maybe having a creativity session and then in the evening time winding down. And I guess the last thing I can think of for solar would be watching the sunrise or sunset if possible. That feels like a beautiful way to connect. Oh, and there's this great quote from Wild by... Cheryl Strayed, uh, I think is what her name is. And her okay, and her mom said to her, or her grandma said to her, that every day you have the option to witness two beautiful things if you just put yourself in front of them. And that is the sunrise and sunset. And so that stuck with me ever since I read that. That's magical. 
That's a magical quote. And I read Wild, but I read it quite a while ago and I was just rewatching. I've I've watched Gilmore Girls so many times. It's insane. Like yeah, she's she's giving me the look like I'm a big fan too. Yeah. Do you know? Do you want to hear something random about Gilmore Girls? Yes. The guy who plays Christopher, you know, Rory's father. Yeah. He left acting to become this like major metaphysical person. He runs workshops and everything. Yeah. No Whoa, shit. I should get him on this podcast. Wouldn't yes, that be that amazing? Would be so I know. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I'm serious. So um, wow. anyway, so in Gilmore Girls, I, I don't want to give away too much because that was actually in the reboot, but there's something about Wild in the reboot. So it's funny you just said that because I just finished watching that about Wild. This idea of cyclical living reminds me, as I was saying, of the Essenes, which I actually did my second episode on about the Essenes. It was a Christmas episode. I did it last year and people really liked it. The Essenes are the metaphysical sect that Jesus, Mary, and Joseph had belonged to. So the Essenes would wake up every morning and go to bed every night with a ritual to honor the earth. I've been listening to Dolores Cannon, the famous hypnotist, and she always discusses how the ancient star seeds have always used the sun and the moon to regulate their bodies and heal through sun and moon energy for eons. So if we choose cyclical living, we are living according to the most metaphysical beings. So this is a lot to take in for just us 3D humans. Can you give us just one practice, Sam, that we can start with to begin cyclical living? Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful too. I I really love that you are learning that. And it shows how, how special it is to live cyclically. And also, I think when we hear that, we think it's a new concept because of the way that we live our, our lives now. But we've been living this way for way shorter than we've been living cyclically and honoring the season. So I think that's really cool. Ooh, just one thing. That's hard. But I you think can, you can name a few. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if I had to say any, this isn't like that spiritual, but just planning ahead. It's hard to live a cyclical week or month or year when we're taking it day by day. I mean, it's good to take it day by day, but if we can kind of zoom out our calendars by a month or a week or even three months, if you can do that, it's really special to be able to space your calendar apart. And I think when you have literal space in your calendar or in your days, you can experience that spaciousness within yourself as well. And you can start to explore those spaces once you have them. But something that's maybe more spiritual could be looking at the sunrise and sunset. It's also no one is going to judge you. It doesn't like read as inherently spiritual. No one's going to be like, oh, they're doing something witchy. (laughs) You can just watch the sunrise and go down, taking in the beauty and, and experiencing mindfulness through all your senses. Or you could even do like a sun salutation, which is, um, what people used to do when the sun was rising. And can you just tell people just in case they don't know what a sun salutation is? Oh boy, I don't know all the moves right off the top of my head, but it's a series of yoga movements. Exactly. You can yeah, search okay. it. You can search it because it's hard to describe, but it's it's a beautiful series of yoga movements that you do with breath. So thank you. I think those practices sound amazing. And I've actually been starting, I haven't been doing a full-on sun salutation, but I've been starting with something like that just oh, to get cool. my breath work back and everything. So I, uh, I'm i going to start with your recommendations. I definitely am. Cool. 
because this is a goal of mine. So let's see how I do and I'll report back. So I wanted to add on a little question here, which we talked about. And I think I'm going to add it on because I'm feeling it. Sam, you just turned 24. You're so evolved and enlightened. You're light years beyond myself and beyond, I shouldn't speak for all my peers, but the peers that I knew at 24, you're definitely, <laughs> your generation is definitely light years beyond us in regard to spirituality and the metaphysical. Why? I've been dying to ask someone your age, why? What is it? Why are you guys so evolved? Wow. Well, first of all, I don't know if I'm more evolved. I would argue that we're all on journeys. And I also know plenty of people my age who I wouldn't categorize as evolved. <laughs> are not evolved at all. I get that too. But I, I, <laughs> but I see a lot of evolvement in this generation, especially in regard to the earth. You know, you guys are very in tune with, we've got to stop doing this shit to our earth. We, we've yeah. got to stop treating it this way. And maybe because it's been drilled in you from a young age that, you know what, it may not be a, around for a long time. Your generation's in trouble. My generation's in trouble too. So, you know, but it's really been drilled into you more than mine has. Gosh, I think about a couple of things when you ask that. I think of all the groundwork that was laid for us to be able to have that quicker, quote unquote, evolvement. I know this isn't exactly what you asked, but just as an example, thinking of the women's movement, if all of those women before us didn't protest and didn't change laws and and make policies and stand up for us, then we wouldn't be able to quickly be where we are. I don't have to deal with nearly as much of the things that my great-great-grandmothers had to deal with in the workforce or in the home. Same with our spiritual evolvement too. If, if our people or generations before us haven't laid that groundwork, we wouldn't be able to be here. And so if we look more spiritually evolved than, say, other generations at this age, it's probably because people in your generation and beyond did the work for us to be able to get here so quickly. That's my first thought. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Because I didn't even think of that. That's a really good point. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then I'm also thinking of like procrastinate, not procrastination, but you know, if a test is due at midnight and you don't really have that much motivation two weeks in advance, but all of a sudden at 10 PM, you have a lot of motivation <laughs> to finish that assignment or whatever. I think especially for the earth, I think we knew we needed to change things and things needed to be different for a while, but there was not as much pressing need for that because we didn't see the immediate effects of not doing those things. So I think for things like that, not just the earth, but things like that, we are seeing the immediate need for things to be different. And so there's, I don't want to say urgency because that has a uh, energy that I don't love to work with, but there is kind of an urgency for lack of a better word to, to change things and to be different. So I think, yeah, there's space to be evolving more quickly. And then there's also the apparent need to be doing it. Maybe at least that's, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. That all makes sense to me. You've answered my question. I've been dying to ask. Now I have a second question I told you about. I've been dying to ask yeah. someone from your generation. Okay. So here's the thing. Nowadays, there's a lot of labels. What I perceive and I interpret 
as a lot of labels. So meaning you, and not in a bad way, again, I welcome all of it, but you put your pronouns now, you know, you put she, her, or whatever your pronouns are, you call yourself cisgender, you're a cisgender, you know, female, and there's a lot of labels now. Mm-hmm. But from your generation, the message I get is that we don't want labels. So why are we adding a lot more labels? Yeah, that's a really, really interesting question. And it really speaks to the nuance of humans and human nature that we we really do crave more words and more language around our experiences and yet too many could feel restrictive. And I think that's a great example of how both of those things can be true at the same time, but also can be really confusing. And for me, and so I'm only one person, I can't speak for so many people who experience different labels than I, but I think it's less about labels and more about carving out space through words or through our language. The reason I put my pronouns is just to create spaciousness for someone to say their pronouns. Because I I think it's pretty obvious that I'm she, her. But by creating space for me to say my pronouns, it's kind of creating a normalcy for someone who feels more of a need to state their pronoun, but won't feel excluded, I suppose, by doing that. That's the idea of almost like holding space for someone, a combination of holding space and being compassionate. Mm, I love that. And by saying I'm cisgendered, I'm addressing subtly that there are more ways than just that to show up too. So it's not so important that I let you know that I'm cisgendered, but I'm acknowledging all the options of the ways that gender can show up. Um, So yeah, I think there's a lot of space holding in, in language and labels. But then I've also experienced the kind of other side. Um, I'm bisexual and I like that label was really empowering for me in the beginning. It created a lot of space for my experience and my identity and gave me freedom in my opportunities. And then moving into my current relationship where I'm with a man, I'm still bisexual, but I don't, and this is just like pretty unique to me, but I don't feel as queer. And so I feel like my labels all of a sudden don't match who I am, but yet I do identify that way, but I don't look like it. And so I've been unpacking that for myself personally, that my labels don't always, or we don't always need labels to define our experience, but they can help lead us to an understanding of ourselves. I know that was kind of confusing. No, I get it. And also helps to understand others. Mm, yeah. To help understand the human experience because it is a confusing experience. And we're in this time where I love it. Like I'm all about it. Like I, I'm like good on you that you're out and that you're whatever you want to be, especially with the non-binary. I really respect that because it's highly metaphysical because I always say it's light beans. There's no gender. Yeah. So eventually as we evolve up, we're we're not going to have a gender. So I think there's something very metaphysical about calling yourself non-binary. I'm glad that Mm. I'm living through this time because I've lived in the 80s. I've lived in the 90s. I had a couple friends come out to me as gay in high school. It was a big deal back then. No one cares now. But back then, it was a huge deal. You kept it a secret. No one knew. The parents, of course, didn't know. 
and you kind of had to live two separate lives. You had your friends who knew you were gay and you could be in that mm-hmm. group drinking in the woods, right? And you could wear your whatever clothes you wanted and express yourself the way you wanted. I mean, li- this is how it was. And yeah. then you were another person in public and at school and the whole thing. And I and I saw that. I witnessed that with some close friends of mine and saw how hard it was and what it did to them on the inside. And I also saw mm-hmm. people who were gay and didn't come out for quite some time. So they ended up, you know, getting married and heterosexual marriage and and discovering that, no, I'm gay. I'm just so happy for this time that we can all just be our fucking selves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do do 2022, do you? Sam, thank you so much for coming on today. And you can find Sam at Empowered Spirituality on Instagram. Listen to her beautiful podcast, Empowered Spirituality, which is everywhere. And check out her spiritual website at empoweredspirituality.online, where she offers coaching courses and new moon circles. Additionally, for those of you who want amazing guided meditations, and you heard her voice today, she's the best voice for meditations, check out her Patreon. I will list all of this in the show notes. Sam, I want to hand it to you. Do you have anything you'd like to promote? I will say just to clarify, the new moon circles are free. So that's a a nice, exciting way to get that community as well. And there is an upcoming course. Right now we have it scheduled for June 2nd. That could change. So just give give me a lookout (laughs) in the end of May or beginning of June. Me and a dear friend of mine are doing a chakra workshop to kind of go through each one and also how to align our mind, body, and soul. So I'm really, really excited for that. That's going to be amazing. And the best thing you can do is just check, you know, check out her website and then also just follow you on Instagram because that will be on Instagram. So just followed empowered.spirituality on Instagram and then you can get all those updates. That would be good. Sam, you're amazing. Happy birthday. I loved having you on and you are such a light to this world. So much gratitude. Oh, thank you. Can I give you a compliment too? Um, yeah, you better. <laughs> You're like, I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you. We had connected for some time before I interviewed you for my podcast, which is either out or almost out if you're listening to this now. But you just struck me with your warmth and your your energy is someone that just makes or energy is such that I feel like comfortable and at ease around you and you just feel so warm. And then also I said so many of these things that you referenced in passing. And I noticed that when I met you last time that you remembered where I lived and you remembered those little details that I, I said so casually. And that really makes me feel so, so important and so special. So you really have a knack for that and a really, you have a gift for this. Oh my God, you speak the truth. I, I can't <laughs> I can't agree more. No. <laughs> and I'm a stalker. And I'm also a stalker. <laughs> no, well, no. I remember where you live because hello, breaking bad. When I think <laughs> when I think of you going out to the desert doing your circles and everything, I'm like, I wonder if she's in an RV cooking meth. She's not in an RV cooking meth. You guys have to know what breaking bad is to understand that. <laughs> Until next time. Live your life two inches off the ground. Amazing. And look at a sunrise and a sunset. Yes.